What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice, the largest library of B2B marketing and sales content on the planet. If you're not already, join the party, app.thejuicehq.com. We'd love to have you on board. Excited to share today's conversation with you. I love these conversations with CMOs. You really get a viewpoint and perspective into the mind of how they're thinking, where they're pushing, and how they're trying to elevate their brand moving forward. In this conversation, we're focusing in on content. I'm joined by Warren Daniels, who's the Chief Marketing Officer at Binder. I love what Binder is doing. If you're not already or in the search for a digital asset management solution, go check it out. But the topic is the criticality of content in the digital economy and why marketing leaders are investing more in content in 2023. I think there's been a lot of pushback in investment, especially on brand-oriented items like content. And Warren's here to tell you, you know what? If you're a marketing leader, you should be investing in content. And he gives those reasons why. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons, but most importantly, tell a marketing friend about this show. And before I jump off, I got to just let you know, we're doing some data-driven persona content that is exclusive to members on The Juice. We just started that rolling. So if you're missing the Monday episodes, you can find those. We've changed it up a little bit, but they're on The Juice and they're supported by data. Excited to get your feedback. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. Really excited for this chat. We spoke a little bit ago and diving into some of these subtopics. I think there's going to be a lot from this conversation that you'll all enjoy and benefit from. I'm joined by Warren Daniels, who's the Chief Marketing Officer at Binder. And today we are going to be talking about the criticality of content in the digital economy and why marketing leaders should invest in content in 2023. I love this topic and I'm excited to chat with you. Warren, welcome. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. That's quite a grand title, Brett. I uh, I hope we can do it justice. Yeah. Well, it's I, I read these LinkedIn posts and it's it seems like content creators are out there and they're talking about their, you know, marketing leaders pulling back a little bit on content. So any opportunity I can share and bring a guest on like yourself to kind of elevate the position of content marketing within B2B SaaS and marketing and beyond, I think is going to be a good time and a good chat. I look forward to the conversation, Brett. Thanks for having me. Yeah, maybe we start here. I I definitely always like uh, for our guests to talk a little bit about uh, yourself and the company you work for. So maybe share if people listening are unfamiliar, share a little bit about Binder and then we'll learn a little bit more about Warren. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So uh, Binder, we're a digital asset management vendor, revolutionized the space, leader in the SaaS dam market. And really what, what we do is we enable organizations to create, manage, and distribute content at scale in order to deliver exceptional content experiences for their customers. About 3,700 customers globally, and as I said, you know, recognized as a leader in this space. So I think the last time we spoke, I was definitely fascinated by your career path and how you ended up where you're at today. I think it would be interesting for you to kind of run us through kind of that journey and how you ended up becoming the chief marketing officer at 
a global leader like Binder? Sure, Brett, no problem at all. So actually, I I came out of university, figured that I wanted to go into FMCG type marketing, so B2C marketing. That proved to be quite difficult and challenging and competitive. So stumbled across a small British uh, vendor who were pioneering natural language processing, avatar technology, the things that kind of morphed into what you see as chatbots today, loved the B2B world and never looked back. So 25 years experience, B2B tech marketing, organizations of all shapes and sizes. So I've done startup, scale up. I spent some time in corporate uh, leading teams at IBM and an SAP in a lot of different categories, actually, a lot of incredible markets, analytics, in finance, purchase to pay, and then more recently in MarTech and e-commerce here uh, at Binder. Maybe a follow-up on on just your journey. Do you find as a marketing leader that you take some of the experiences that you've had maybe in the startup world and apply them to how you run marketing teams at a place like Binder or or is it mostly like I'm taking stuff I'm learning from my experiences, IBM, SAP, and applying that? Talk a little bit about just the the segmentation of just like the types of businesses you've worked for and and what's what's applied to each of those experiences. Yeah. So Brett, Brett, I'm not prescriptive about my experience and where I've had those experiences. I think there's a a bunch of great learnings that I've got from that diverse background that I've brought to a lot of different organizations. And I think there's some things that I bought from that corporate world into smaller organizations that have helped develop growth and uh, and scale and accelerate kind of marketing impact. And and then there are some things that I've picked up from smaller organizations that I've wanted to implement in some of the larger organizations that I've been at. You know, things like agility and speed of execution, time to market. And so, yeah, I'm really not prescriptive about you know, tactics and playbooks from the different types of organizations I've worked in. It's about using the experience and applying it to the set of circumstances and the challenges that are in front of you at any point in time. I love it. And one of those challenges and circumstances that I've seen in front of all of us is just marketing and the, if you zoom out looking at you know, just I can just check my LinkedIn feed and it's budgets decreasing, people transitioning in and out of opportunities. And I'd love just as we dive into the topic, maybe to understand, despite all of these challenges that are coming from economic circumstances, why maybe you specifically too are investing more in content when it might not feel like it's the right time to do that for many leaders out there? Yeah, no, that's a really, really great question. So I think, you know, actually, let me just speak from my experience first and foremost. So, yeah, you know, I've seen an incredible evolution in content in, you know, the first 23 years of this century, both as a marketing practitioner, you know, executing marketing programs, and then a, as a leader who has to make decisions on where we do, where we don't in in invest and and I also have the privilege of course to speaking to many of our 
customers and talking about the challenges that they face in managing this growing need to deliver more content at greater speed across more channels. And so I think that actually gives me a really, really interesting perspective, not just from me and my point of view, but also from a from a market point of view. And, you know, I, I'll tell you why I think organizations are increasingly seeing content as mission critical and why actually we did some research earlier this this year three quarters of tech marketing leaders said they were either maintaining or going to increase investment in content during this period where you know, resources are constrained i know marketing budgets have been under under pressure and the reasons for that i think first and foremost we're dealing in a world where content and more broadly content experiences are absolutely critical to capturing interest and action and engagement with audiences that are exposed to so much noise through so many so many channels so i think that there is greater recognition now than ever before of the criticality of the content and then i think you know secondly most organizations have a growing demand on the volume of content that they are being asked to produce and are producing. And we we know this because we see exponential growth in the volume of assets that are being managed in and on our damn platform over the course of the last 18 months. So in the last 18 months, you know, the volume of assets being stored in our dam is as, as double. So we've got twice as many under management. You know, that proliferation of content and that exponential growth of content. Uh, I think will continue into the the future. And then I think that content creation, whilst tech has moved on significantly, hasn't necessarily moved on in terms of automation. And I think organizations are now kind of waking up to the fact that content operations present a great opportunity for increased efficiency and productivity, but also needs to evolve in order to serve the demands of content-hungry consumers out there. I'm really encouraged by the statistic you referenced on just three quarters of, based on your research, three quarters of the leaders that you all are talking with are saying they're investing more in content, which I think that's a really, really good thing. And I think it's encouraging. I always like to ask this to marketing leaders when talking about content, because we all know there, there's there's a long game element to uh, investing in content. Like it's going to, it's planting a bunch of seeds and you're going to see what pops up and how that eventually impacts your pipeline. I think for many marketers that you feel like in this time when it's, things might be dire, it might be harder to invest, it might be harder to do things. Marketing leaders are maybe pulling the plug on these actions like content creation that take a little while to see the fruits of of those labors. So maybe talk a little bit about that dynamic on why you believe three quarters of marketing leaders are investing more in content when content typically isn't very transactional. Like it's not going to be, I create a piece and then there's going to be this many leads tomorrow. It, it It's playing the long game. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I, th- I think, you know, the most important thing here is 
to put the buyer at the center of your thinking around that. And you know, if I start to think about the buyer journey, B2B, B2C, it's become increasingly omnichannel. And so that means organizations have to deliver content to a growing number of channels in a variety of formats and therefore they need to create a bunch of derivatives in order to to support that so they they, they've got to do that brett and then i think in parallel the buyer expectation has grown significantly they expect greater relevance and personalization and as a result of of that you've got this proliferation of content and you know i think that you know, most organized most organizations really struggle to you know, tame that content chaos in order to engage buyers in order to drive clicks conversions and ultimately and ultimately revenue so yeah i think most organizations now irrespective of how mature they are around content analytics and measuring content performance recognize that content is the long Temple in driving the engagement that ultimately fuels conversion and, and revenue for, for organizations. When we talk about investing in content, maybe talk a little bit about what that all means, because I know there are people involved, there's process involved, there's technology involved like Binder, there's content production. Maybe talk a little bit about the breakdown of all of those uh, different elements on the investment side when thinking about content? Yeah. So uh, again, Brett, what I would say here, all, all organizations are different, right? So there is a different level of scale complexity to content operations in a small organization versus a large organization there are different nuances dependent on the industry that you're you're in but you know if i if i talk yeah i think broadly about you know the challenge of of creating managing and distributing content today i think content creation has been largely reliant on creative and editorial teams to crank it out and you know as those channels have grown which they need to serve, the reliance on those teams have been have been so much greater. And I talked about it earlier. While there, whilst there's been a load of automation in many parts of marketing over the last decade, I think content operations largely been untouched. So perhaps I'll just talk about some of the, the common challenges and, uh, and issues that. that I hear from, from our customers in relation to the, to, to this mode of operation so how do i manage brand equity and control the brand when people can't get what they want when they need it they tend to go rogue right so you you get this off-brand content that erodes consistency you know, many organizations don't have a single authoritative source of truth for all of their content all of their assets it tends to be spread across this uncontrolled network of shared drives and and, and folders and if you speak to creatives and content teams, they'll consistently tell you that they spend large chunks of their time making small iterative changes to content, which hinders their ability to focus on you know, authentic creativity or, or creative ideation. Yeah, it's totally unnecessary now, given there are solutions which enable the creation of brand compliant templates that can put, be put into the hands of teams who can 
who can make those changes to enable faster speed to market, but, but equally important, scale content creation without having to add uh, additional creative re- resources. So I think, you know, you asked the question about people, process, technology. Yeah, I'm not sure I answered your question directly, but I, I wanted to pull in some of the pains and challenges that I hear consistently from our customers and buyers, because I think those points that I just made actually touch on people, process and technology and ways of working today versus, I think, better ways of working now and in the future. Totally. And uh, what was circling around in my head as I was listening to you talk through that was we've all worked at that for that, that brand who's got those rogue sales reps who are are using that deck that is off brand and they don't want to change anything because it always works. But I think having some organization uh, with those assets and doing it in a way that makes it easier on people like sales to use stuff that is on message and on brand is super critical in order to make sure that you're seen consistently in the market. Yeah, and actually, actually, Brett, I mean, the brand consistency brand is is super, super important to organizations. But but there's a bunch of other things I think also are now critically important and content operations teams are becoming much more aware of them. And, and relevancy is certainly one of them. So yeah, how can you deliver more relevant and contextualized content at speed? You know, I kind of remember a time where you'd get a, a piece of data or an insight from a channel like Google Analytics. You want to act on that immediately and you need some new creative content and ads to support that. You go to your creative team and they tell you, yeah, we can get that back to you in two weeks' time. In two weeks' time, I, I, I want to be able to act on it in two minutes, not even two hours to take advantage of what the data is telling me. And so, yeah, I think critically important, you know, in the minds of content marketeers today is how can we be more relevant? How can we be more more personalized? And what impact does that have on, on ROI and the ROI of content as well? And speed and speed and agility. How do folks review and approve content today to get it in market in a timely manner, you think about some large organizations, there are controls in place to manage the production of content and the, the brand equity. How, how can you do that in an efficient and productive way or a more efficient and productive way? And again, a consistent way uh, today. And then because content doesn't exist in this vacuum, it's got to be distributed to have impact. Yeah, you know, at the heart of e-commerce and MarTech ecosystem sits content. How can you deliver that content to end-user touch points to drive that engagement and conversion, but do that in an optimal way? And again, you know, I think Google has 11 different ad sizes, Facebook five, Instagram six. You start to think about the creation of one piece of creative content and then you multiply that by the different ad sizes and the channels it needs to go to. You can have 120 variants of one ad really, really quickly. Now, how can you automate the process of delivering those variants rather than having creative teams work to do 120 versions of the, the same thing? 
distribution is my favorite topic. And perhaps at a later date, we do a deep dive on that because I think it would be fun. But I'd be remiss not to ask you about the AI of it all, and especially in content operations. It seems like every conversation I'm in these days, AI is coming up in marketing for something else. Um, curious on your end, like how does AI change content operate the content operations landscape, and maybe like what does that mean? Yeah, I think there's lots of hyperbole out there around the impact of, you know, OpenAI or ChatGPT, MidJourney, you know, Firefly from from Adobe and, and the like from a creative per perspective. But you know, I actually want to bring it back in the context of you know, proliferation of content, management and control of, of content. And I think what AI offers actually over and above all of the things that you can do around generative is much more practical and real life use cases to do things like improve findability and searchability of assets, increase the relevancy of the assets that get returned to you far faster. And then, you know, in the world in which we live in as well, AI can be used to automatically tag assets where previously you were adding metadata to them in order to build your taxonomy so you can return searches uh, effectively. All of that process can be automated. So we're now in a position where AI can be used to ensure that dam systems can be automated and you can reduce the burden of managing them on an ongoing basis. And then from a user perspective, massively improve the findability and searchability of assets so that you could pull back uh, even more relevant searches and returns. And, you know, I think just you know, quickly, Brett, to uh, add to that train of, of thought, you know, we, we've got clients that are doing some very, very clever things around asset searchability and findability that is eliminating the need for them to go and create volumes of brand new assets to take to market. So their ROI is built in part around asset reuse and utilization because being able to get to uh, a, a library of assets enables them to figure out, do I really need to go and build some new stuff or actually can I reuse, repurpose, tweak what I've already what I've already got. I love it. I'd be remiss not to ask you this question because one of my favorite questions for CMOs is around maybe the not so fun stuff or problems or issues. I'd be curious, just like maybe with your team at Binder, like what are maybe some current problems, challenges that you are you are all trying to tackle? Like what maybe doesn't necessarily keep you up at night, but like what is a primary area of focus for you and your role right now? Yeah, so you know, again, one of the one of the privileges that I have in my role is I get to speak to a bunch of analysts as as well. That spend a lot of time with, again, a very very broad and diverse range of buyers out there in the in the market. You know, you touched on it earlier, Brett. Actually, so the ROI of content. I'm going to invest more in content because I know that it's important to do so. But at the same time, at some point in the future, when resources are, are finite and you've got to make choices, I want to be able to show a return 
on on that investment. And I think that there is a level of immaturity in content performance analytics and content measurement today that that we need to need to tackle. So again, you know, I'll talk a little bit from my own experience here. We licensed a Forrester Wave report several, you know, it's almost two years ago now that we did that. There was a cost associated with doing that. So it wasn't an internal cost for us to create it, but there was a cost to license it. And then there was a cost, of course, to, to promote it. But we did some pretty extensive analytics, uh, engagement with that content piece. But then we did some additional analytics around MQL to SQL conversion for that content piece versus a subset of other like-minded pieces for the same phase of the buyer's journey. We looked at source and then influenced opportunity creation for that piece and started to get a rounded picture of the total value that we got back as a result on the investment in in that single piece. And, And so... You know, I think content performance analytics is you know, still a tough nut to crack for many organizations, often, again, uh, semi-manual in some cases. Uh, so I think that that is, I think that's the thing I would love to be able to do at scale more consistently is you know, answer that question. We made these investments in content. Exactly what did that deliver? Maybe as we kind of round the corner on this conversation, just advice you have based on your experience, even with that, like the the Forrester report, trying to figure out influence, trying to in- identify pipeline, like we're all trying to find the ROI of our content right now. Maybe what advice do you have for any marketing marketers or marketing leaders out there who are in the process of working through that right now? Yeah, team with marketing ops, the marketing ops function early line of sight around vision for what it is you want to report on build that into your systems and your ways of ways of working and then i think just actually more more generally on you know content operations i think you know my advice is pretty simple around this you know evaluate your current ways of working through the lens of some of those things I talked about earlier, brand consistency, relevance and personalization, speed, agility, distribution, scale. And then we shouldn't forget performance of of content set out of that vision for a preferred future state. And what does it take to get from good to great in each of those areas or good enough in some of those areas? Because, you know, all organizations won't have to be great. In, in all of those areas. Again, prioritize a set of actions based on what your goals are. For some, that will be improved brand consistency. For some, it may be a hard cost saving in terms of repurposing, reuse of assets. You don't have to spend money elsewhere or something in between. And you know, there are ways to measure content. I would say level up on measurement of content. Don't have to work to utopia. You can walk before you can run. Warren Daniels, Chief Marketing Officer at Binder. Thank you so much for your time. I learned a ton. I know everyone out there did too. We'll have to do this again next time. We got to just exclusive conversation on distribution. I think we could go deep on it. Thanks very much, Brett. Really enjoyed it. And yeah, look forward to speaking to you in the future. 
Really enjoyed that chat with Warren. I love talking through content, investments, how we should be thinking about it, problems, and really how to organize our team around laying the groundwork for building a brand that is going to resonate. We gotta have Warren back on. He was full of insight. Until then, take care of yourself, take care of others around you. More Modern Day Marketer on the other side.